space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And Dr. Squee. Dragon! 2023! Happy New Year! Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody! Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone! And it's a year with lots and lots and lots of Star Trek by the looks of it, which is going to be really good fun. Starting with Picard, we've got, we've got a few weeks break before we get say, new the, Trek. The only thing to recommend 2022 was the sheer output of Star Trek. It was peak Trek, I think. I don't think this year's set to beat that, is it? But equal it? Um, it depends how many prodigies they do, so... <laughs> How many series it is? Yeah, well, I suppose we'll get we'll get ten Picard, ten Discovery. Ah, that's it. Discovery's knocked it down to ten instead of thirteen. So even if every everything does oh. do a full season, we'll be three shy of what we got last year. So yeah, because all of uh, Prodigy was done in twenty twenty two, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you might be right. I think that might have been the trekkiest trek year that ever trekked. I mean, God knows we needed the hope last year. I, well, I don't know about anyone else. I fucking did. Anyway. Yeah, well, last few years have been... been the... If we get all five shows in one year, mm -hmm. I don't think we've had that before, have we? Don't think we've had it all. Not year. all in one calendar year. It's like Discovery sort of straddled the two years the last couple yeah. of times, didn't it? Okay. If we, get a, if we get a full season of all of them in one year, I don't think we'll manage that. Right. No, I don't think so. Well, so we, we literally work because Picard doesn't, unless we have overlapping weeks, where, which we did last year. So yeah. you never know. You never know. I'm just going to say, someone who isn't hosting Retrek right now, who's watching, please give us a Google and uh, tell us, you know, was it more last year or this year? I think it could be kind of very close. It's like, yeah, it's like Brucey's play your cards right. Higher or lower? Higher <laughs> or lower? I don't think we're going to be much shy of last year, but we may be a few. I think you're probably right. You know right, what? Yeah. We'll work it out. We'll when we well, do the geared, the geared up out there to do, or they should be getting towards where they can do fifty episodes a year. But then that it'd be sixty if Prodigy does another <laughs> twenty. So I think it'll go back to ten. And plus, Prodigy. No, yeah, Prodigy did get two both halves last year, didn't they? It? Did. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm yeah. Well, we're going prodigy anyway. I won't we'll it. see. But we'll see. Anyway, can we talk some Picard quickly. Yes, we can talk Picard. Well, they've just released a new. Actually, I think we need a little banner here. We haven't got it. it. I don't know why we haven't. We have got our Trek news. Yeah, we banner. do. There you go. Oh, there right. we go. Why could I see that? You go into the banners. Oh. There you go. So, trick news, we got a, uh, a scene from Picard. Well, um, some of us did. I still can't watch it because I just oh, kept I'm getting, this is not available in your region. How weird. <coughs> I think it must you, be something. You need to come down the hill. That's it. Oh, yeah, I'm too far north. <laughs> yeah. This content is not available I'm in the south north. south of you, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I just want to point that out. I live, I live in the north. James is a southerner. That's it. Okay, right. By a good three hundred yards. <laughs> you can hear the accent difference. I, I can, I can spot it now. You say it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a great little scene. I won't give too much away, but it's, it's a nice little bit of nostalgia, like little broken off. Mm -hmm. Doesn't give anything away, so it's a spoiler though. But it's like one of those lovely, 
whet the appetite. So it basically set it, it probably sets up something's going to happen. I or has I think before. it's probably very close to the beginning of episode one mm. that we're seeing. Because I yeah, think, I think it, so. Yeah, I've, it like everyone's got to watch it. We put it on the retreat page. Go watch it. But Picard gets a message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the way he receives it, I I don't want to spoil it, just in case someone is trying to go and clean. But uh, Picard gets a message, and it involves some nostalgia from the uh, Next Generation TV show. So it kind of like it's very exciting, kind of really gets the blood pumping, but doesn't spoil anything, which I love. Where, Perfect think, scene to release with things that we already know from previous trailers. Yeah, I mean, I think like, anything in that. I, I I I think this is right at the beginning of the. The show. I think it's going to be an episode, a clip from episode one, possibly in the first five or ten minutes of the. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's either we've seen something that Picard hasn't, or mm-hmm. this happens, and then we see it afterwards with. I, I think yeah. this is before all the other trailers that we've seen. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, again, nothing's going to be given away, but I don't want to kind of spoil it because I do like the way this clip. You know, as soon as you hear a certain uh, uh, noise, you know what's going to happen. You know what it's going to be. And it's brilliant, uh, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Is it Please the TARDIS? Is it the TARDIS noise? It is. The TARDIS arrives, yes. and they do the assimilation um, comic books as a as a series of Picard. And they should also do that X-Men one that they did, where it called Planet X or something. There was a book, wasn't there? And yeah. there was a thing about Picard was like, oh, I look quite a bit like um, uh, Professor X. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, that's spoiler alert, not only for the uh, X-Men and uh, Star Trek crossover, but also for the clip. Just in- um, uh, uh, Apparently, um, Worf and Wolverine have a fight on the holodeck. My money nice. be on Wolverine every time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, let's face it. If you were saying it's Wolverine and Gripper apart in about two seconds flat. Maybe <laughs> Worf's like, it. there is no honour in a healing factor. And also, yeah, I mean, he was he was monkeyed with scientifically, so he's like a, uh, a, a not space magic, but mutant magic. Mutant yeah, magic bet, and, but what if Worf has an adamantium bat left? Oh, then then you might see some shit. That's, that's, one, that's one to think about. We'll put that out there. Have a think about it. And could Magneto magnetise the bat left, or is it special Klingon metal that don't work? Anyway, all these things to be thought of. We'll do. We'll yes. cover that when we do Retrek Book Club. We'll read Planet X by Michael Jam Friedman. Oh, we should just one week. We should just all bring in a, uh, a Star Trek comic or something. Yeah, we should do New Frontier. We should. We should definitely, definitely cover the New Frontier the books. They are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can we do that one? Week? Anyway, let's talk about Prodigy. So we did have a week off over Christmas, New Year, because we wanted to do Prodigy. Supernova Pats 1 and 2 as one episode. And I think that yeah. was a wise choice in I retrospect. Think it makes sense. And, and, and we kind of want wonder we week off as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just want a week off, but it's a good excuse. Yeah, no, exactly, I came yeah. up with a good excuse and so you're just exposing it live on air. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no one likes an exposing dragon. I got arrested for that once. Yeah, it, it is a problem. I mean, that's why them Game of Thrones, uh, Game of Thrones shows always get that eighteen rating. It's not to do with all tits and stuff. It's it's all them oh. naked dragons. When the dragon's tail goes in the air and you get a nice little shot, I'm telling you, yeah. that's it. It's disgraceful. Yeah. 
So, we pick up pretty much bang on where we left off in the last episode and the crew were in a little bit of a pickle. And it's done that all the way through. It has, yeah. There's, there's very few episodes that start somewhere different than... Yeah, I mean, there, there was the... Um, the first time I watched it, obviously, I was so excited to see the new episode of Prodigy. I just went straight away. But the second viewing, as I'm guessing you guys have done, watched mm-hmm. it movie style with both of them. Uh, and like, yeah, I was having the same thought. I thought, geez, this is going to be so satisfying. I'm going to wait a little while so I can, you know, yeah. forget a little bit and go in it fresh. I want to watch it from the beginning. That's been such a good first series, such a good integrated story. You know, you get out of the odd standalone episode, which is nice, but um, I have no objection to that. Yeah, it's only been 20, 23, 24 minute episodes. They've packed a hell of a lot in. Yeah. Not just in terms of plot and incident, but character acts and everything. You know, this yeah. is a really impressive piece of work. <laughs> well, I feel like what they've tried to do with, the, like, it seems like the unrunning theme of a lot of the new Trek shows is it's like, what is Starfleet without? So what is Starfleet mm-hmm. without Starfleet once you go in the future with Discovery? When Starfleet no longer exists, it only exists in you. Uh, with Prodigy, it's about well, Starfleet. You know, we we are total misfits. We're not Starfleet, but we become Starfleet because we believe in stuff. We believe in people. Yeah, We're just on the right side of history, so <laughs> that's all right. Uh, and uh, with Picard, you could even argue that because they start as not being in Starfleet, like, and then they become Starfleet. You could probably argue... That prodigy, like, I know it's been 20 episodes, but if you break that down, it's the equivalent of the 10 episode shows in time. True. Wise. Yeah. And arguably, this is one of the strongest first seasons mm-hmm. of Trek. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. How I mean, strange the story, was. the characters, it's. To say this was marketed to us before we saw it, that this is a kid's show. Oh. Oh, I, I can see how it's made for kids, but no, it was marketed wrong. <laughs> no, definitely family show out now. We've said it before. So, yeah. Yeah. Without I mean, yeah. question. And Picard, yeah, actually, Picard, I suppose Picard's kind of the opposite of those two shows because it, it's more like a case of Picard's the one who's lost his mission at the beginning of it and it's rediscovering his stuff within him. Uh, so, yeah, strangely, it was, I think, is the only show which is really out and out Star Trek at the moment. Yeah, you know, that's like, like Federation back Star to Trek. the classic. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, Lower decks. Yeah, the oh, sorry, lower... lower decks, of course, but that's kind of going for another angle. Because totally, it's, like, it's very what different. It, what, what is it if you're in Starfleet and you're not one of the bridge crew? So it sort of also yeah. takes it out that main arena that we usually yeah. uh, used what, to play in. What is Starfleet if you don't take it quite as seriously? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which yeah, is and, a perfectly like... valid question to ask because. <laughs> yeah. Star Trek, and I think could rightly be accused of being a little bit poor-faced at times, taking itself a little bit too seriously. So there's nothing wrong with deconstructing that and unpicking it a little bit and having fun with it. And and it meant Strange New World could occupy a space which is pretty well-trodden, but it feels afresh because we haven't done it for a while, so they get exactly Right. So Janeway then is in the brig where we left her last week and she's trying to warn the crew and everything. And I like when we go back to Dal, Dal's kind of like, oh, shit, yeah, I might have... Uh, um, Yeah, I might have dropped Janeway in it a little bit. I tarnished her (laughs) reputation he uses, which I think it's like, that's a very human expression, but okay, he's one millionth human probably in the mix. Yeah, (laughs) one twenty-sixth or whatever they say in this episode. 
that they programmed in that that colloquialism, which yeah, is that, so huge. You've got to have that. Into. It's always yeah. it's like race memory, and it we all say the the same silly Jane things. Way, with Janeway, first thing they do is shoving just a little extra like Star Trek lore in there. Let's have someone who she saved on the Voyager. Yeah, and let's yeah. make it a really bloody obscure one as well. <laughs> to the point. I will hold my hands up. I'm a bad Star Trek podcast host. I had to Google it. It like sometimes you know they'll drop a race and they'll go like the Organians and you'll go oh uh, Erin de Mercy easy, but this one I was like what? And then I, I remembered it when I googled it, but yeah, that, it's a deep cut. the one with the telepaths. It's the one with the telepaths. Yeah, and I she. Was. I haven't Googled it. I she. Just, I, I saw from the references what she said. I got yeah. the episodes it was. Janeway basically blags them to let the telepaths yeah. escape because they're being persecuted and stuff. Yeah. I do like how she's saying, like, if you know me, you know I don't lie. And this ensign goes, I do know you and I remember you. And that's how I know that you act, that you will lie if it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everyone knows I don't kill Tuvix. Anyway, <laughs> we, won't, we, we won't go on that one. Um, so the the dilemma. Tuvix had to go. Tuvix had to oh, go because no, otherwise it'd have been Hashtag... a new crew member that had been promoted above Harry Kim again. That's true. Yeah, I mean, you, you should have said that to Jane She would have jumped, she done that just as despite him. Justify having two mixers and promoting him to a lieutenant. I'm saying Harry Kim still there as ensign, so he had hashtag, to go. Hashtag two Vicks never forget. No, I I am a big supporter of two Vicks, but there yeah. we go. Mainly because he was less irritating than the combination of Tuvok and Neelix. I'd be happy <laughs> if they replaced the both of them with him. But anyway. Um, so the ship can't proto-jump at this point. So, Elliot, over to you. We've got just about every Starfleet Ooh. ship ever. Yeah. What we a have, thing. We have Akira classes. We have Galaxy class. We have uh, Prometheus class, is it? Or, I think so, yeah. No, Dodsworth class. We have um, the Enterprise-E. Oh, I, I uh, thought you were only at the beginning of your list. I was going to suggest me and James just go for a point and listen to this. There is uh, <laughs> Defiant. Defiant, yes. There's, a, um, there's Ambassador class. There's basically every class that we've ever had. Yeah, and it was and the, awesome. I loved it, and this this whole thing was awesome. But the only thing I had a problem with is, like, it, like it takes a while for them to get the reinforcements there. You mm-hmm. don't see one Starfleet ship blowing up. Like, how... Like, you know, usually if they're in a phaser fight and they haven't got their um, their shields, it doesn't take that long because, to... Because... And I've just come up with this. I, I had one idea. Starfleet phasers are specially designed so that they don't overly damage their own ships. But then they, this plan wouldn't work at all. Yeah, well, the Diviner didn't know that. No, actually, he's quite a lot of ships get blown up. Oh, I There's know, all right, and we've I mean, all seen Wrath of Khan, so we, we know that's not true. We do see a lot of wreckage of destroyed ships. I mean, the only... But, red don't, but none of the hero ships get destroyed. But you don't see anything destroyed. Well, okay. But I like. I, I think my only wreck one I had in my brain was the Diviner and, and uh, his cohort 
want to make them suffer so he made it so it would kind of like be a death from a thousand paper cuts like he perfectly yeah. programmed it to kill them over a long time because what are they going to do yeah if they designed this virus better they designed it as it drops your shields then <coughs> oh, well, they said they dropped the shields all right well yeah all good point that's, then. that's my problem it's like yeah with no shields it takes that long again all you need was one line from the diviner going it's like or from that um, the mini diviner, the, the, the diviner other one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All it would take for Ensign Diviner to uh, to have said would be it's like, but don't the worry. Vindicate. About the Vindicate. Sorry, Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> the Vindicate. Oh, I, I like Ensign Diviner, but okay, the Vindicate. <laughs> all it would take was for the Vindicate to have said, "Oh, um, but don't worry, you'll have plenty of time to watch everyone die." I purposely programmed that just one line. All you need mm. solved. I think what we need to do, we need, a bit like Mystery Science Fiction Theatre 3000, we need, like, the squeak up of all these films and stuff where you just get an extra line put in here and there just to explain these little things. When you're dealing with sci-fi, it's so easy with one line, like the Heisenberg, my favourite example is always the Heisenberg Compensator, which is named after the problem they're there to fix. Mm -hmm. And when someone asked Jim Roddenberry how they work, he said, very well, thank you. Yeah. That was it. I think this shows that. I think this is partly because following the Dominion War, when they were getting the asses kicked and blowing up left, right, and centre, they've, they've um, retro designed a lot of them or retrofitted a lot of them with better bulkheads so they can withstand the pounding and not oh, blow up. I get that, but like even in um, uh, with the Defiant, which has got the blade of armour, they you know when it um, loses its shields, it gets the crap blown out of it. I hate yeah. to give a sort of doyalist answer, um, but do you think it's maybe because th this is kind of a kid's show and they're like, we can't really have thousands of people getting blown up and dying? I think uh, there's only one thing that can save us now, and I think Elliot needs to say it. How do they get it? It's magic. There we go. And we're done. Yeah. <laughs> They're in a special nebula that doesn't let your ships blow up. Oh, yeah, we, we need to get the Trek Space Magic t-shirts. Oh, we are definitely doing a, one of the uh, SFWs. We're definitely doing a Space Magic. Like when Trek goes wrong, Space Magic Edition. The well, oh, we could do other than just Trek. We could bring everything into that. Have space magic yeah. across the. I like the fact the retrek pulls in all the um, uh, the trekkies who like. Trek. There isn't that much of the sci-fi like um, sci-fi weekend necessarily for Star Trek away. So no, yeah, that's nice. true. Yeah, yeah, we go. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, um, what happens then? Oh, Jankum and his maneuver. He's like, I want to call it the piddly 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 pop or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I love Jankum. Jankum is my favorite. Jankum is just, awesome. Just, every time I think he couldn't get any better, he's just pulling so many little shenanigans. And it's always kind of fits appropriately, though. You know, he never yeah. has his silly yeah. jokes yeah. up at the wrong time. It's always just enough to uplift them without it interrupting yeah. a heartfelt moment or something. Yeah, can we put a jump out of here? No, we can't. It's going to take time to charge. And if we try it now, it'll blow us up. Okay. Can you uh, divert the power from the Proto Jump to the shields then? Oh, Jankum yeah. can do that. Yeah. <laughs> also, one of my favourites was um, uh, oh yeah, not no, not any uh, engineer could do that. Luckily, Jankum Park isn't just any engineer. Ah, <laughs> oh, you just cheered me up right there. 
He is great. Jason Manzoukas. Apparently, he seems to be Hollow Janeway's favourite as well because she seems to mention him an awful lot when she's giving a little message and everything at the end. Uh, so he's like, and I bet Jankum says this, and I'll miss you all, especially you, Jankum. And the rest must be like, fuck off. Yeah, because in the deleted scene, they had an affair. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Well, no, I don't want to imagine that. It's too late, I already did. Jankum, Jankum, carve, carve me a bathtub <laughs> out of a tree. Who oh, Jankum can do that? You just got Jankum pogged. <laughs> Remember pogs? You know, the po- they yeah. should make a jank and pog, pog. Nice. Star Trek like pogs, and you get the jank and pog, and that's like the super rare chase one that's only like one in every eight million packets. <laughs> oh, I, I heard this earlier say there is, uh, you know, uh, the band Biffy Cairo? Yes. Cairo, Cairo, whatever, however it's pronounced. Uh, there was a place which sold pens in Wales, and they had pictures of Cliff on them, and they were called the Cliff Barrow. And they changed it to Cliffy Byro. Excellent. Speaking nice. of dubious pens, an advert came up on my Facebook. Um, I think because the new series of The Apprentice is starting tomorrow. So tune in, 9 o'clock, BBC One. We're now sponsored by Amstrad. Um, and and Copperberg. And Copperberg. Still me any of the drop goals. And you can get an Alan Sugar pen, and it's got his little two hands, and he goes like, hey, you're fired, you're fired. And it's got like four little phrases in it, you're fired. And you can get, there's like a nodding dog one, and it's Alan Sugar, and he's got his you're fired finger. And it just sort of goes, eh, eh, eh. But, and the, all the proceeds go to charity. Um, and you can buy both of them for £20. So, there you go. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, um, the virus all spreads and everything. And like, like we said, everything's getting destroyed. And this is where I think we did predict this, that the Diviner would do a bit of a last-minute face turn and he wouldn't want Gwyn to die. And that duly well, does happen. I think we got a bit of a, a thing that he was having to take change anyway when, yeah. he said, when he saved who he thought was Janeway last week. Yeah, yeah they've definitely planted seeds for it, so it's, it's not yeah. completely shocked out of the blue. the Federation isn't what, what, what it, was made out. Plus, he was on the side originally of yeah. his planet joining the Federation. Mm-hmm. I was, was going to say, even without last week's scene, I think last week's scene was a nice little joiner, you know, a nice little lead into this moment. But even without it, there was so much evidence. They made him such a good, well-rounded character. That's the other thing. For a kid-slash-family show, they've made the characters so well-rounded and so complex. Yeah, and like... Them, and, you know, and, and don't like, away from it. John Noble, how he delivers his speech at the end is just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just... John Noble is brilliant and... I'm just hoping well, when I they think, go to the planet, they'll find a young him. I think so they will. Still get more young, 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 young. They do say that in the next episode. Yeah. I, 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 I'm all for it. Any excuse to bring it's back all tiny whiny now. Yeah, and mm. maybe he'll get, the young diviner will get a full redemption arc because I know he, he kind of redeems himself a bit at the end here, but... Let's yeah, not forget like, that he I had an army that? of child slaves. All the way through this, I knew that Starfleet would be okay. Yeah. Because if 
the, the virus plan worked and destroyed Starfleet, mm -hmm. then they wouldn't have gone to his planet to cause the problem. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you say this, you it, don't know if you're dealing with predestination paradox. paradox. You don't know no, if you're, uh, you know. It's I, the I grandfather mean, paradox, yeah. Yeah, um, well, leave, leave that to temporal. It all, again. Well, well, I'm hoping at the end of all this, because we've now got two wormholes moving through time. So I'm hoping in typical Voyager fashion, once we get to the end of all this, it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be the Voyager approach, yes. <laughs> I, I wonder, actually, if what's going to happen is where... Uh, um, not Dal, um, where the, 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 Gwyn. the, the Gwyn. when Gwyn goes back to the planet, I'm wondering if she inadvertently like lets slip about some of the details and causes it. Ooh. Like maybe it starts to go to maybe the diviner starts to go down a dark path and it's like, will he or won't he do this thing? Yeah, no, oh, oh hang on, no, it. no, I'm starting to well, like I'm, this because no, I've got even better. He does it. She doesn't tell him, and he finds out, and then feels cheated, and then does it as like wants to bring it forward as a revenge. Yeah, I'm sorry, but no, no, no. I'm liking the but idea. It's going to preempt the civil war. Well, that's what I'm saying. But Jim, sorry, where are you go? No, no. If if Gwyn manages to fix everything and stop it all from happening, Jim uh, Chakotay jumps fifty years into the future, but there's no one there to kidnap him, so he never finds his way back to the present. Oh, Jim, gone. we're not doing this as wish fulfillment for you. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just your dream track. <laughs> Fine, we'll see. Um, so yeah, and then the diviner. Obviously, you, you mentioned the speech, and he asks Gwyn to look after the people, which is retrospectively a nice setup for what we're going to do with uh, presumably next season. Certainly, it seems to be the direction they're going in. <clears throat> And we also get some awesome action where we get Murph kicking off on Dreadnought, which is really good fun. Yeah, uh, Murph's brilliant. I mean, just the whole thing. Oh, I just love this. Yeah, the the whole kind of um, fighting on the ship is just brilliant. And the way they kind of get trapped under little devices, which... Yeah, they all get taken out in different ways. That's yeah. really clever. And it all sets it up so that they can, like, uh, so when one frees one, the other yeah. frees yeah. the other. Very much in the theme of the show, for one person helps the other. That's you it. don't get there on your own. You get there because they work as a crew, because that's what they've been trained to do all series long. It's so thematically perfect. And speaking of them working as a crew, I think it's a great moment when Janeway, uh, once the communications are open again, and Admiral Janeway addresses Dal as captain, and it's just like it's just such a great bit of validation for him that yeah. she of all people is willing to do that. I just thought that was brilliant. And then just to really double down on the Star Trekiness of it all, when Gwyn sends out her hail to everyone, and that's a lovely detail that we've picked up on that Gwyn has learned to speak all these languages so she's the one who can communicate yeah. with everyone and who can translate for them I can't see who wants to call but it's she... a Facebook user I wonder if the monkey is snuck on the monkey's on Facebook yeah <laughs> no the monkey oh, was... it is Chakotay Chakotay's come on to write that yeah Chakotay yeah. hashtag I love Chakotay that's his yeah. <laughs> Robert Beltran's website <laughs> 
that's why he didn't give us the the identity like he didn't give facebook permissions because he wanted to keep it secret yeah that's it he's like yeah he, he doesn't want to be known that he goes on all the star trek podcasts and bigs up chakota you know it isn't his advisor because it doesn't say oive at the end that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um my name is monkey hello monkey my name is Monkey. <laughs> there we go. We, we knew it was the Monkey. Um, I believe I spanked you the other night. No, sorry. Sorry, that was just... Yeah, go on. So, yeah, no, so we get the big speech, which Star Trek's good at delivering these amazing, rousing, sort of uplifting speeches and everything. And we get to do the thing which Star Trek is a little bit guilty of doing a lot in its space battles, where... Everything seems to be over, and then another ship warps in and makes the save, whether it's by shooting another one or whether it's by getting in the middle of a, a blast. If they could do a well, shot this well, good, though, in live action, this was such a nice, sweet shot, the way they did it. It was, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, they did similar in uh, season two finale of Discovery, where uh, the Enterprise was getting shot, and then that big fuck off Klingon cleaver ship thing yeah. came in and yeah, diverted yeah. all the fire. So, unfortunately... I the... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say it? you couldn't see it very well because it was Discovery and they tend to be very murky. Oh, with Jesus, the... yeah. I- I've said it before, I'll say it again. Do you see all the sea of ships? You could clearly make out which each of them were. The effects were great. Yeah. Discovery, just just take some notes. Take, take a few little notes well, on how to show it. Take notes from all of the other shows, what they've done. And plus, you've just gone to a time where all the ships are different. All the ships are brand new. We've never seen this time period. That's when we need some up-closes of the ships. Yeah. Like, they don't even do that many up-closes of the new refit of the Discovery, which is just crazy. No, anyway, it's I was like, going to give a shout out. Oh, sorry, Jim. No, it's just it's like they do it on purpose on Discovery. Like, we're just never going to show you this year properly. They're like, yeah, this is just nephew to Elliot. It's like they're, they're doing it on purpose just to annoy yeah. you, Elliot. Uh, I was going to give them some props though also for the scene just before the big battle when uh, Dal is appealing to the Klingons and to everyone it's like why should we risk our next it's a bit no, it's cheesy Gwen. but it's brilliant oh sorry Gwen pardon me which uh, is really nice part because we, like how it plays back to the first episode how she can communicate with everyone mm. Yeah, but it was just the it was just the I mean, I just just classic Star Trek to have like, but why should we help you? Because we're Starfleet and it's the right thing to do. It's just a nice little yeah. moralist. Um, yeah. Imagine uh, the galaxy without them. How yeah. bad it would be. What they've done. If Starfleet's ever helped you on any dark day, be there for them now. It's just just lovely. Yeah, it's very. Um reminiscent of that conversation that Quark and Garak have in Way of the Warrior where it's like, you know, oh, it's horrible and insidious, just like the Federation, but do you think they'll save (laughs) us? Yeah, I love that. And then possibly not, but maybe an oblique reference to Firefly and the movie Serenity because we get you can't stop the signal at the end, which was a thing in... Yeah. Serenity. So I don't know if that's deliberate. It, it's... That's the Easter egg. Yeah. It, it, like, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a little Easter egg. It cause... wouldn't me, but equally it could just be coincidence. But, yeah, um... but like, I know that we've had, like, I know Lower Decks is all Easter eggs. Mm. But it is something that a lot of sci-fi shows like doing is referencing other shows that they love. 
Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So moving on to part two then, and yeah. It... Oh, we've missed something oh, important oh. in part one. Go on. When Dal thinks him and Gwen are having a moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so sweet. And and you did feel like, again, I, I love it when, I mentioned this before on the show, I love it when they set me up to be a bit dumb. Like they set me up with something to pay it off later. So like I'm going, but they spent a whole series, they plainly fancy each other. Why would they make it so they don't fancy each other? Just so yeah. they pay it off later. I love that. I love yeah, that. Exactly. When they, they know that that's something that we'll be sharing on TV. And, and they'll pay it off later. That's and nice. it does have a very sweet payoff at the end of the second episode. So the yeah. plan then is they finally, I've been saying it for weeks, blow up the damn ship. And they finally talk about blowing up the damn ship. But they give a good explanation for why they can't do this there and then. So it's, oh, it'll destroy you. And so they come up with this thing. Well, if we do it while we're at Proto Warp, it'll the ripples will spread over a wider distance yeah. and it will only be the... Uh, I thought that was a good bit of Technobabble. It, it made sense. They put a little it graphic up so we understood it. Also, yeah, the, the <laughs> whole thing about the ship is it's so powerful that it, it requires something well, kind it's of... it's basically like, a baby star, so if you blow it up, yeah. you are creating a supernova. Which yeah. is something I hope when they were developing the whole fleet, after this instant, I hope they... they how they would deal with this in the future because yeah, like yeah you could see this being a potential problem if it gets destroyed in a battle mm. <laughs> well that's the thing and the, the way this ship um yeah they end up coming up with a solution which can't be guaranteed upon every time surely when they go back to to the uh, federation and yeah, they they see the new prototypes are uh, spoilers i know i'm jumping ahead but when they see that and jane should have gone but of course, that's been recalled until they can examine ooh, this ooh. real big security risk on it. Oh, the, well, the real risk to ships. I've I've got it. We yeah, need not, uh, we need a crossover, and it needs to be Shaxx from Lower Decks, and he gets to eject the proto car. Now that he's ejected <laughs> a warp car, that's his next. He needs to do. He needs to do a proto car. That's it. Nice. Um, we know there's a crossover coming. Exactly. Like Apologies, not been mentioning it, but who knows? Then we get the Janeway is going to be the one to make the sacrifice. So you get Dal again reinforcing that he is incredibly worthy of being a captain. So he's like, I'm the captain, it needs to be me. Um, yeah. Janeway, though, yeah. Janeway very sensibly says she'll do it. And there's this thing of. And it, tie, and it ties in beautifully <laughs> to that hologram, holodeck episode where she goes, You give me your command code. Yes. And now controllership yeah that's it and i will confess everything i predicted about this episode which i did put in the like our little chat which we had mm -hmm. everything was wrong so i i assumed <laughs> it was going to be time travel was going to be a solution only because with shields down you can't last that long so it's kind of on them that i thought that yeah you're right you're and right plus yeah they, the thing does travel in time i know I'm, I'm gonna give myself that one because the ships could not last that long without shields but anyway that's another thing the other thing was this i, I you know when i saw this i thought for sure, like if Janeway can't, holograph Janeway can't get off, they're going to somehow going to be able to recreate her matrix. But there was another so much obvious, more obvious solution to this, it, it, which is how they did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one I I, I'm, I'm not going to give you the point because you said 
you, you were much heavier on the time travel is going to resolve it. Well, no, no, I, I, I definitely thought that was going to... No, I'm definitely saying I thought that was going to happen. But the fact that they're kind of excusing the fact that shields okay. can hold out that long is a little bit on them that... Because I thought my thinking was to make everything make sense. Yeah. And yeah. they've kind of taken a little leap of logic there, okay. which is all fine. I don't mind, but just... You can't blame me for not knowing they're going to just say no. without shields a Starfleet ship can last shocking hours. shocking that the writers ruin your fan theory it's just, I'm just saying, it's not I'm just acceptable saying my fan theory was tighter for logic that's it, no the it was it proved. was yes um really well, when we get to the end i'm going to give out my theories Ooh. for season two oh, well, including yeah. changes to the main credits oh hey that's all yeah, it's good, um though. really good punch the air hero moment where you get the the proto star starts flying off and somebody says what are they doing and Janeway says saving us all and you're just like yeah oh Janeway is so good with the like little uh, support of one line with them every time Starfleet forgets forgets who saved them Janeway's there this episode yeah, it's nice absolutely like I I get really annoyed with Starfleet later on in this when they keep calling them criminals yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of like the Drumhead trial mixed with Star Trek oh, War. It's completely wrong. Yeah. The entire premise of it is wrong. No, no, I agree. No, I agree, yeah. I mean, I, I, as I say, it's, it's sort of like the Drumhead trial thing of trying to drum someone out of Starfleet mixed with Star Trek Four. The end of Star Trek Four felt so present in that ending. Oh, a- absolutely, yeah. yeah. They, they definitely sort of invoked the the Kirk defense of yeah well technically you've done something wrong but you also saved everybody so no but they haven't done anything wrong no, that's I know. my point but they're, they're basically you do using the letter of law as opposed to the spirit what well, no but what they're doing is they're saying they're criminals that they stole the protostar no they escaped from the man who stole the protostar who was holding them in child slavery <laughs> they yeah. escaped in the protostar and their entire time on the protostar they've been trying to return it to starfleet from yeah, the I'm... guy who stole it <laughs> in fact they stopped so going the... to starfleet so they could save starfleet from this bug which would but then be yeah the whole their whole mission has been to return the protostar to starfleet i agree but if you were going by the letter if, of the law if, which if i think starfleet is what keep calling them the criminals for stealing the protostar that means they are siding with the Diviner because they took stolen Protostar off the Diviner. I would say that what they're yeah. doing there, by going by the lateral law, is saying, right, the Diviner stole it, you were in receipt of stolen goods and you kept hold of it, and then ignoring the fact that that saved their lives and that did that, that, and that. Basically, it's arsehole bureaucracy. Yeah, it uh, is. And that's what you get when Jericho comes back. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah, Jericho's what, back suddenly we're doing What they're saying is... Yeah, you should have returned it, but that would have killed you all. But it doesn't matter because the law says you should have returned it. Which, again, is a very Jericho attitude. Jericho's at all over this. Jellico, not Jericho. Jericho, Jericho's the wrestler. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. I'm saying Jellico. Jellico was all over this episode. The champion. He came out with a great point to uh, the Ocho. To Jim Wayne's second in command to a number one. When he when he's sort of like debriefing and he goes What, it has a weapon on board that can wipe out the whole of Starfleet. So you brought it into the middle of a fleet of Starfleet ships. <laughs> Not by choice though. 
they sorry, didn't sorry, want to do her, that. Her number one is played by Tyrone Diggs, I believe you'll, you'll find is the name. He used to be in Ham- who was in Hamilton, of course. And I would never forget his name. And any no. past episodes where it sounds like I might was probably James. Uh, don't, don't worry, they've been edited, the previous episodes. Uh, we, we just got a voice over now and he goes, Tyrone Diggs. <laughs> I probably got it wrong now as well, but there, there yeah. we go. Uh, yeah, no, it was nice to see. Because was Jericho in any of the previous... Jellico, sorry. In the, a little in bit of the bubbly. Yeah. I'm just going to do that every time yeah, you, yeah, you miss them. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, he has already popped up, yeah. I wasn't sure. But yeah, lovely to see him back there. Like, so he three episodes a game where that she couldn't follow them into neutral zone. Yes, he did. So it's You're right. Vice Admiral, he's an admiral. So is it three or four episodes he, uh, he's been in now? That was quite yeah, a nice little... Three, I think. Three, I think. Yeah, that was nice. Though. Yeah. Nice thing. Um, and then we do get all these great moments, like Janeway saying go fast, which is Dal's catchphrase, was yeah. a nice little touch. And then we get the where they play the message back and everything. So it's hitting all the buttons, it's hitting all the feels and everything, and I think it's doing it really, really well. And she gives, like, the pep talk and finishes it with go boldly, which, yeah, that that does me. I mean, you know... Yeah, yeah. It it could be cheesy, but you know what? I'm, I'm... this far into being a Trekkie that, to me, it's just... <laughs> that's just great yeah. stuff. I don't yeah. care. That's what... That's you. what... That's what, like, should have in the Trek show. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it, not constantly, but when they're put in at the right moments like this. Exactly, yeah. And then this is where the episode takes a bad turn because it's a month later... And we get a new message from Chicote, and he's fine, and they're going to go find him, and... Uh... Yeah, but we do get um, a new ship that we've we been do. waiting for confirmation of. Okay, I, I'm just going to ask you one question, Jay, Jim. Mm-hmm. Just curious. Yeah. Were you hurt by a Native American who was very good friends with a Jewish man once? Because I think I might be able to understand where the Chakotay hat is coming from. Not, not, no, it's just the Chakotay rubbish. <laughs> Everybody knows it. this. There's an episode, right, where, and I'm, I'm not going to get onto it too much, but it's one of the very few episodes where they're doing the thing about, oh, the Maquis way is different to the Starfleet way. And so it's an early episode. And there's a bit where Chakotay is trying to make his point to the uppity Maquis officer. And they sat down, and he just decks him. Chakotay decks him, and he goes, that's the Maquis way, isn't it? And he is knackered. Like, he's just heavy breathing for about five minutes in this. Uh, uh. It's like you've literally thrown one punch, Chakotay. You're obviously out of your boxing shape, you dickhead. I'm not going to lie, I just threw the theory out so I could just let you go. <laughs> yeah. So, don't worry, i got a lot more where that came from. That's just one, <laughs> that's just one example. <laughs> Half an hour on Star Trek Goes Wrong was just you and Jacote. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. So, was it 45 minutes? When they get, when they come back in the shuttle that they've made... Yes. Did we, did we notice which ship the shuttle craft that pulled them out of San Francisco Bay was from? I did not. It looked to me a bit like La Serena, but... No. 74656A. Yeah. 
Oh, so it's uh, Voyager. Voyager, yeah. I, I, no, no, you say it. I, sorry, this will sound like total bullshit, like, but genuinely, you know, I would admit if I didn't know. And I remember seeing that number and thinking, it's like, is that Voyager's number? I must look it up and completely forgot. I think that next next season, you know, Jane, where the end goes, no, we're not going on the front star. I've got much bigger plans. Yes. And, she's, and they're going wondered. on the next flight mission. I think that's going to be the Voyager A. And I think the Voyager A is going to be an explorer class because of all the exploring yeah. that Voyager did. Well, it would oh, definitely like be a, a legend ship. At this stage, where yeah, they, you know, and we know that there's a Voyager J by the time of discovery. <laughs> yeah, so we it's... know that we know that Voyager's been classed as a hero ship, so the the name and registration is maintained. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. the one thing I was thinking is like they do have to have a full crew on the like if they just <laughs> have them on there now, it would be ridiculous. It needs to be a fully crewed ship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what did we feel about this idea that their warrant officers is that? Is that the equivalent of what Chief O'Brien was? No, that's the equivalent of Wesley Crusher. Yeah, because the only thing... Well, I, yeah, that's why I, I kind of assumed... them all into Wesley Crushers. Yeah, that's why I assumed it they're was. Not, they're not cadets, because they're not joining the, the, the academy. They're acting whatevers. Yeah, they're may acting, I? They're uh, warrant officers. Uh, Chief of... It's non-commissioned officers, so... Chief O'Brien is excited as a warrant officer. Right. Right. about going through the academy because Starfleet, like, this is what's really annoying about partly with Starfleet and Chief O'Brien addressed it but never really explored it. But Starfleet is massive with all the ships, mm-hmm. and the academy can only take so many thousand a year. There's not enough cadets for all the ships to be Starfleet officers. No, I suppose yeah, so not. you have to have non-commissioned officers. It's a bit like the army or the navy now. How you have officers who mm. go to officer school and all that. The academies, but yeah, then you have people who join the army as soldiers. Right. And it's that sort of thing. And so we we just never really see them because all our shows are about the bridge crew. Yeah, and I think there's 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 just two things with that though. One is. If anyone can explain the mystery of uh, O'Brien's disappearing and reappearing pips and the different things that he has that are going on in the scholar, please write in because no one's ever like, you know, is that well, the, next no, the, it's, it's the, throughout the whole thing. He's got race. like a, he's got one pip in well, the next. I week. think that's because he's such a busy chap crawling through um, Jeffrey's tubes and all that. He's forever losing them and knocking them off. Well, yeah, yeah good. Uh, well, but like in the, the first episode it was in, he was calm. But it, they've said they basically they've retconned him um, as the same character. Yeah, he was. Yeah, in the early ones, he was. He had the single black pip, so it technically was it single? in the first one. So that would have made him oh, an ensign. And then he had lieutenant junior grade pips for yeah. the majority of TNG. And I think what at the beginning it was, of DS9, he still had pips. Yeah, but they they changed it to that new logo, didn't they? Which apparently is the non-commissioned officer pit. Oh, it's an arrowhead, isn't it? To go with the arrow design, I think. I think so. Um, But but, he keeps losing his pips because he's such a busy chap crawling through. That's it. He knocks them off all the time. Okay, we'll go with that. But anyway, my second... It was an episode of TNG where they needed... 
Barkley to be able to give him an order. Um, but Barkley technically wouldn't have outranked him or something. So they decided, oh, actually, he's non-commissioned. That's why he has to do whatever anybody says kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of bullshit. But anyway, there's that. The, the other one which I was going to bring up was... Um, it, like the, the reason they say like Jamie goes is like well they weren't about to make you uh, you know send you the academy and queue jump over all those other cadets who've earned their place however what they've done instead is given you direct travel on a spaceship getting to be under the uh, the guard of an admiral oh I'm sure the people at, at Starfleet the, the uh, cadets would have hated yeah. that well, I'm sure they didn't done by a tool from that yeah they're, they're <laughs> doing the trigonometry homework and the like uh, <laughs> I mean there was, um, there was a good faith argument has anybody got the phone or anything that they can see the chap for who's mon- who monkey is oh no it's, uh, it's uh, uh, Jody but I'll like, find Mike there was a good argument why like Wesley, they were out in space. He, for reasons of mission, couldn't get back to Starfleet. So that's why he became that. O'Brien, like, well, basically, he's just working the position he's in. Fine. But, like, there is no excuse why that's any better for the people in, like, cadets, them queue jumping to no, get into a station. And. I mean, they should have just gone with the fact that he, um, that they, you know, they proved themselves. They have earned this by. Yeah, they could have just said, you're in the academy. Um, or just you're in you're you're warrant officers on the ship. I've chosen well, to say that like, my personal guard, be, but don't say it's not it's it's because they can't Q jump because that just doesn't make any well, sense. Well, it's a dilemma, isn't it? Because if they join the academy, they're in for four years. Yes, and that's it. They're away in the academy. So if you don't let them join the academy, but you come up with plot reasons why they can go off on a ship exploring yeah. you've still got them on the ship as, oh no 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 i think that together. was the right move yeah they need to be on the ship i'm just saying they shouldn't have written the line that oh it's not fair on the other cadets if you go to starfleet instead you get to go on the ship that's bullshit I'm see that's now he wants to take lines out all the way through he's been like we need these extra lines to explain yeah. stuff they try yeah. and do it and it's like not good enough like, just how are you going to make room for those extra lines by deleting the ones which don't make sense? Like, I think this makes sense because basically what Janeway is doing is she misses Neelix and she's brought six new Neelixes on board with her. And as they will they're all the ship, better than just, Neelix. Yeah, but that, that you know what I mean. She's so she's found some strays and strays. We've seen that Janeway has a history of this. Oh, yeah, turning counter for her, her to save them under her wing. I agree with yeah. that. I mean, all I wanted was as they go onto the ship of the first episode of the next uh, series is for her to go, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> right, you're the kim of this one. You're not getting any bloody promotions. <laughs> I just want to see, like, you know, when we get a season two episode <laughs> and Jankum, <clears throat> Jankum and Dal get merged together by a transporter accident and Jameis just like, ho-ho-ho! I've got the solution to this one, lads. But yeah, um, it's yeah. it leaves it really nicely for the next season. Like, like we have the nice scene with uh, Dal and Gwen how they're going yes. to miss each other. Oh, that was and they get it on. Finally. Yeah, and Zero gets the new suit, which is very much the sort of the iPod upgrade, you know, it's yeah. all very shiny <laughs> it's even and white. white. Like the original yeah, iPad. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, I did love that little clip 
clip reel of like, um, hey, you seem to know a lot about math. Have you thought about zero biology? No, what's that? You know, just, <laughs> and then Jenkin purposely going as if he's going to do this like exit. A hammer. To sell something and then he just dials it back to a screwdriver. Yeah. It's just, it's a lovely little um, scene of them being accepted and then finding their home. And it's the same thing with Dull. Like, I mean, you, you had to know that it was going to end with Dull being of course, committed yeah. in Starfleet. But um, again, it was just really nicely done. Just you really, you felt for these characters so much. And again, it's that, that misfit thing. That's where it means so much to me is the reason why I fell in love with Star Trek was because I felt like I misfit at school when I was younger. And it was the acceptance of Star Trek and Doctor Who. That's what made me fall in love with them. So a whole ship of people who were never given the chance, who were the runts of the letter, who were the people who would never make it. And they're the, the whole crew. Mm -hmm. That was such a big draw for me of this series. And why I, it might be my favorite running Star Trek at the moment. I don't know. It's up there, certainly. It's it great. Yeah. And uh, what I like as well that they've done is we've told that story we've done that story and we've left it up and now we can completely reformat for the second season but we've got yeah. these characters well, we love these characters we're willing to see where they go did you get the feeling that it ended in a way that if the show hadn't been renewed because that does happen to a lot of shows it does yeah nowadays that it actually ended it could have ended and we could have been could quite have happy with how it ended yeah that absolutely yeah yeah this was a great like, capsule we might wanted to know what happened on the further stories but the the series book ended itself to yeah it did oh yeah that was the other thing i was going to bring up that that's the only reason the only argument i've got i still think it should have been too serious but the only argument is this was such a lovely complete story over 20 episodes yeah yeah I mean, let's face it, it wouldn't have made it any less if they made it two series, but like, we'll give them that at least, I get maybe the thinking behind making well, this one series to tell this one story. Like, we we all know it makes absolutely no sense. No, I'm just saying that's the only argument. Series one, part one, 10 episodes. Season one, part two, 10 episodes. Every other show is 10 episodes. <laughs> but if they want to call it that, fine. No, well, I'm just saying that we, uh, we had such a long break. It's basically been two seasons. No, no, I agree. Like. Look, look, we've all said how we feel about that. I agree with you. I'm just saying this ending gave me the only argument I could make for it being one series yeah. is that it's one complete story, and now you go on to a new complete story. It, it's the only you argument. Go on to a new think... story following on from this story. Yeah, like, but it was. I I felt like when it ended, I thought. I actually felt the end of it was quite long. Mm -hmm. Not, and it needed yeah, that it did. Yeah. Because often, and it, like, it's weird because Voyager, we complain because we got none of this when they get home. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and this has given us when they get home. <laughs> yeah, the, the episode was probably, if not exactly half and half, more or less, the actions resolved in the first half and yeah. the epilogue, effectively, and the setting up of the next yeah. season is around half the episode, which... Yeah, I, I'd give it about five or ten minutes into this second half, yeah. because, you know, cause, so they can have the cliffhanger. But then you're right, most of what this job does, it, this episode, the second episode does... No, yeah, I meant of the yeah, second yeah. episode, sorry. So about half the oh, second yeah. episode is the resolution and then half of it is epilogue setting up um which yeah 
it, I did wonder for a minute there of would that lose the younger audience maybe with all the action wrapped up I mean I would like to hope that they're that invested in the characters by this point no because I think that we create I think like we keep saying it's marketed as a kids show but I imagine there's a lot that are watching it as families who've got kids in this it is bringing a new audience into Star Trek and as they get older, the kids who are watching it with the families, they'll start watching newer shows. The the only thing, really, I think that could have improved this series is if they had had one of the characters going to a musical number just for, you know, just shits and giggles halfway through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that would have been good. <laughs> who I don't know why. I really love that episode of Picard. I just watched the whole of the second series back in, you know, one, one long piece, if you will. Over a, over a week, and uh, it's a really great series. I kind of love that musical thing. I know it really doesn't belong there. I know it doesn't fit. There's no logical reason why the band knows what tune they're playing, but I still love it. I still oh, think it's a great character who, moment. Who would you give the musical number to then in this episode? Jankin Pop, Jankin Pop, Jankin Pop. Yeah, they would have done it exactly like they did it in Picard. Yeah, but it would have been him singing "Who Let the Dogs Out" or something. A classic yeah, Jankum, Jankum would have a good way. It'd be, it'd be a bit Who more. Who let the dogs out? Jankum let the dogs out. It would have been great. Or I could imagine it like something a bit like in Les Mis when you get Master of the House. Do 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 it some oh, bit like even that. Better, even better. No, that because be we bad. found out. Even better because <laughs> we found out he can sing or lip read at least. You get, of course, um, Squidgy. Um, Murph. Murph, yeah. Murph, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just get him to do his Frank Sinatra hat. <laughs> well, he, he does the dancing, don't they? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we need to cut a few more of the lines you don't like so we can slip the musical number in there, but I think <laughs> yes, we can, yeah, we can get away with it. No, I mean... Oh, possibly they might have known what they were doing by not including that. I don't know. Overall, it has been a great season, a great end yeah. to it, and we're looking forward to season two. Um, I... Can I make my prediction for the title change? Go for it. Yes, yeah. All the way through season one in the credits, it has had Catherine Muldrew as hologram Janeway. Yeah. And never once listed her as Admiral uh, Janeway. Okay. Ah, see. And I think in next season, it's going to be Kate Muldrew as, Ad- as Vice Admiral Janeway. That makes oh, yeah. sense, yeah. And um, my prediction off the back of that as well is, that, sorry, that was the other thing I thought, now they've got Admiral Janeway there, I think they're going to have a few Vice. episodes where they find up, so Vice, Vice Admiral, pardon me, I promote her. Wings with a monkey. <laughs> I've got my wings up to that one, sorry, Vice Admiral. Uh, I, I just think that um, they're going to have some fun at the beginning of the next series where they expect her to be exactly the same as hologram Janeway. Yes, yeah. find differences. I think that's a nice way of kind of doing Definitely. a bit of drama amongst that. I think they'll always come back together like they have in this series. Like this series was them getting to know each other. Now I think this series is going to be them getting to know Admiral Janeway and Admiral Janeway get to know them. Yeah. As long as it really is. As yeah. long as the credits don't say and Robert Beltran as Captain Chicote, I will I'm be sorry, happy. that was that was my other prediction. I think I think Chicote is going to be a uh, more central character. No, I, I think they're going to get there and they're going to find out he's died off camera, and that's it. James, Jim, I, I don't get how how many letters you write them, Jim. They're not doing it. Sorry, Lelia. We're going to get Voyager, Campbell Groves. Credit change to Vice Admiral Janeway, mm-hmm. and we're going to get the addition 
because it's wage rare as Robert Picardo as the doctor. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh. Any so, stats yeah, off? Like, I'd be happy with two out of three. Any two out of three. He starts off really cranky again because it's a new doctor, say, so it's not our doctor, he, it's no, the one. It's the Oh, no, it's going to be the same right. one for it to make same it. One, the Doctor. Yeah, for me, to serve on wages still. Yeah, I, I or or Mul, you know, Mulgrave Janeway uh, specifically requests him, like he she convinces him to come back aboard, even though he's got agency now. Because I think they would want to show yeah. that. I think it's her convincing him to come along. Because like, look, I've got to get these guys in shape. You knew what it was like back on the original Voyager. You've seen some shit. You can help me get them where they need to be. And yeah. maybe he's the one who they go to when they're not agreeing with Janeway. And she go, he goes, well, actually, yeah, one thing I've learned about sense. Janeway is how to talk to her. Yeah, I think that could be really good. Maybe. And Ensign Kim is still at Yeah, home. he's still an Ensign on Voyager, <laughs> yeah. For fuck's sake, I've got all the writers. Please promote me. So no, that... we have seen him as Captain Kim, haven't we? No, but that's years in the future. We still got some time. And plus, in th- this is a different future. Janeway saw the future where, it, like, I, I imagine this kind of like little moment where she found out from Janeway in a scene we never saw that he got promoted to captain. So she's made it a mission to hold him back. Oh, yeah, absolutely, she has. How do we let that happen in the darkest of mm. timelines? <laughs> so that brings us to the end of our new trek for now. Um, Picard's going to be with us in February, so we'll be picking that up. In the meantime, we're getting to finally go back to the Dominion War. So next week, we've got the finale of Season 4, Broken Link, and the premiere of Season 5, Apocalypse Rising. Apocalypse Rising. Oh, are we oh. doing the one where it goes to Planet Bashir, where they've got the disease? Do you want to do that one? Yeah. Okay. We're not going to do Apocalypse Rising, then. I think think that's quite an important one, because it shows what the Dominion is capable of doing to people who go against them. Also, in fairness, I wasn't here for the early days of of you guys going through the Dominion War, but if nothing else, you've been completest about this. We couldn't let one slip now. (laughs) Okay, we'll do the quickening, not Highlander 2, the quickening. So we'll do the episode, the quickening, and we will do Broken Link. That's oh, that. While we're talking it. about DS9, let's remember to say happy birthday for yesterday. Yeah, for oh, DS9, yeah. 30th anniversary. That makes me feel old. With my good buddy, Alexander Siddiq, which you can find the interview of at drsquee.com or um, youtube.com slash drsquee. You can indeed, and a very good interview it was too. Uh, great guy. Yeah, so giving us time. Uh, Stories to spare. I, I love the fact there's two uncles. One was president of um, the Sudan, and the other one was Malcolm McDowell. If yeah. you start your life like that, you can have a story or two to tell. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, come and join us on Facebook and Twitter. Search for Retrek. We're at Retrek Pod on Twitter. Search for Retrek on Facebook and on YouTube, where you can also find... Elliot, Retrek Model Studios. Where are you working on? What is it? The submarine I'm from? Building the, uh, I'm building the flying sub from Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea at the moment. I started it New Year's Day and it's uh, coming on. There's two videos out already for it. And there'll be a third this weekend. And for anyone who is imagining that, this is not a little cheapo kit that you can get down the craft shop. This is... It's about... It, it's literally... 
you know, fishermen, no, it, this is really that size. <laughs> so, yeah, check out Elliot's um, Retrek Model Studios page. And Dr. Squee, we've got the Dr. Squee show going on. Yes, uh, this week we actually we had you on uh, from September from uh, Squeefest. We had the wrestling top chunks, which was lots of fun. You can still get the video uh, at uh, youtube.com slash Squee. Um, but yeah, uh, this next week, I think I'm going to have the last two interviews I've got from um, from Squeefest, which were just short ones. A guy called Steve Ashton, who's uh, worked in media and uh, showbiz for years. Uh, you might mm -hmm. not know the name, but he's worked with so many uh, wonderful people. And he does something called the Ralph Report online uh, and some other bits. Anyway, and oh, and Lights of Camera Ashton, which is his own show. And the other one is uh, Rob uh, Taylor, not Rob Taylor, Rob. Oh, my God, I'm going to forget his name. He's an Australian comedian who uh, does loads of Doctor Who content in Australia. And it's I'm going to forget his name now. It's all right, I'll get my voiceover guy to come back again and go over that bit. Just watch... The Dr. Squeeze Show, Tuesday 6 to 8, sw20radio.co.uk. It'll be a great time. It will. And, yeah, and we'll be back to talk DS9. So thanks for trekking with us this time. We will see you next time on The Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye. L-O-P and Dragon!